Hey guys, welcome to Pints and Pros podcast episode number two. Uh, this episode is on genres, stories, and characters. So with us, as always, we have me, Zach. And I'm Andrew. And I'm Tristan. And we are going to go over this here in episode number two. So our uh, pint Before we this... get... Oh, I was going to say... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, exactly. But before we get too far into it... Um... As no one has written us in the past five minutes, we're still drinking Boddington's. That's correct. So do you want to explain the five minute there? Um, we're, we happen to re- be recording a bunch of these in bulk. So, the first three or so. Yeah, exactly. So um, that give us some consistency, some, some backlog, so give us more time to record. And uh, hopefully give you guys something of interest to listen to. I will say that our pint this, this episode... The Boddingtons, we just refilled it. It's just as good. Absolutely. Just as good as episode I one. technically finished before the last episode, so my imaginary pint is not nearly as good as my real pint. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so we'll get some requests in, and hopefully then yeah. weeks coming, we'll switch up our pints here. Bangerang does not count as a pint. No. So uh, our topic that I think we wanted to get started with is kind of our favorite genres and and what we write. Um, so to start us off, Tristan, what's what's your genre that you write? And genre. Okay. What do you enjoy reading? Okay, well, this might be a little disappointing to anyone who wants me to be controversial, but I love everything. Um, I literally, well, almost everything. I don't read romance novels, but um, I I like uh, I tend to lean more towards science fiction or literary fiction. Um, or fantasy, if I'm being honest. Those are like my three main ones that always kind of keep my interest. Or if I'm in a bookstore, those are the kind of ones that I go to first. Andrew? Um, for me, it's primarily uh, literary fiction. Uh, that's usually what I, I head to when I uh, go to the bookstore. Um, Why uh, is that, though? Why do you... Because for me, I don't understand how you are so... And don't get me wrong, I like a good literary fiction. Mm-hmm. a good story but you consistently read those books and don't get bored how <laughs> um well, i think the main thing about it is i guess maybe surrealist fiction is a, a maybe more accurate description of what i like to read because we, we talked about our favorite authors a little bit last time and i really love reading haruki murakami mm-hmm. and he's a, a japanese author who um does a lot of literary fiction, but it's also very surrealist. So he has a lot of um, elements in his plot that are very dreamlike. They're very uh, almost nonsensical in a way. And so it, it, to me, it's a descriptor of, you know, you're thinking about something and your thought process just completely derails. And seeing the way he ties that into a literary standpoint is interesting to me because it's essentially describing something that we have, there's not a precedent for in day-to-day conversation. Yeah. It's something that happens, well, from from my limited standpoint, it happens to everyone, and yet it's not something that's readily talked about, and yet here's someone who's writing in a way that characterizes something that's true of everyone. Okay. But at the same time, I appreciate Slice of Life um, from the literary standpoint where it's analyzing and looking at someone's life because 
it, it's almost to a point where, uh, don't get me wrong, I also love, um, you know, kind of pulp era fiction where where it's very action adventure. Uh, action adventure. The guy gets the girl at the end of the story, right? And he's this awesome hero. We all love but, pulp fiction. Yeah, exactly. We we all love that kind of thing. You know, the the kind of Indiana Jones story or Sky even, Captain. Yeah, the Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow is a perfect example. Um, or we were just talking about. I read Maltese Falcon uh, mm-hmm. the other day. It's a wonderful um, classic classic noir. Um. But I like things that are a little bit more down to earth because it it, it humanizes and characterizes everyday people. Mm. And honestly, when when you sit down and talk to people, their lives are interesting. Sometimes they're tragic, and their stories are just as intriguing as you know space pirates. So it right. it's to me I appreciate seeing that in fiction. I'm not going to complain because Great Gatsby and. The Side of Paradise and Fitzgerald. I mean, he he knows what he's doing. Right, exactly. And I mean, a lot of that depends on how well it's written. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I also like, I read The Hobbit for school and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I like fantasy, but it depends <clears throat> on how well it's written. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, th- I think this is something we're going to talk about a lot when it comes to genres, but I think how well something is written has everything to do with how right. much you like a book. I was talking to Zach the other day. I, I mean, I have a sister who doesn't care at all about reading or books or, you know, things of that nature. But I recommended a fantasy book to her. And because it was so well written, she read the whole thing. So I think it has a lot to do with how good the writer is at portraying a genre. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, I mean, I lean more towards science fiction um, and kind of just dystopian worlds not necessarily um newer stuff i mean just because they're cop outs and and uh suzanne collins there it is again yeah (laughs) i just have to say how much i hated the hunger games right and i don't know why so many people love those books now is it the books or the movies all of it a whole call of it okay um but yeah the sci-fi has always drawn me in because it's it's our real world um, and what it could be. It right. pushes those to the limits. Yeah. Um, e- either in a positive or negative way. Right. Yeah, and it's those real characters in a more advanced era. Um, and don't get, don't get me wrong, I man, I love a good fantasy book too. Uh, Tristan, with The Name of the Wind, what Patrick Rothfuss is doing with that series is phenomenal, and mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan. But, you know, you get back to the classics, Lord of the Rings, you know, I think that's the most standalone epic fantasy trilogy of all time. Game of Thrones is getting close. Haven't read it. Haven't read it. I've read the first two books. I really enjoy it. But with how many crazy fans that has, you know, it just shows that genres can, um, they can surpass their own fan base. Uh, Game of Thrones is doing that. Oh, absolutely! Mm-hmm. There are people that I would not that come up to me and recommend the show or the books, and it you look at them and you're just like, you are not a fantasy yeah. fan. How do you like this series? Right. Well, so, let, let's talk about that. Why is it that some authors are able to transcend genres and make people like their stuff? When, like you were saying, my father is a 61 year old man mm-hmm. 
who doesn't read or, or write. He, there's not very many things that he's into. And he surprised me the other day by telling me that he was a Game of Thrones fan. <laughs> and this guy, if you ever if you ever met him, you would think there's no way on this planet that he could like Game of Thrones. But there are people doing that. Absolutely. I mean, Especially with that series. How, how is that so happening? Big. Do you think it's a pop culture effect? Or what do you think it is? Now, is he watching it or reading it? He's that, watching it. He's, he's not watching reading it? Okay. It. Yeah, he's not reading it. I don't I know. know. I, I think that kind of starts to delve out of the realm of the whole point of Pints and, and Crows. But it, let's say he, he were reading just for hypothetical reasons. Which there are people, Andrew, who are who, reading. Yeah, who, yeah. who do, exactly. And, but I think maybe a large part of that is maybe the the character development. Okay. And creating interesting characters, it doesn't really matter what genre you're writing in or what... Um, I mean, if your writing is good, you have interesting characters, the, the quote-unquote nerdy aspects of what you're writing... Right tend to become irrelevant. It's it's not really the main focus of the writing anymore. You know, I mean, if you're... If, for example, my brother is more leaning towards the jock end of the spectrum, but he loves Lord of the Rings. That's one of the... Granted, it's watching it, but that's one of the things that we can sit down and enjoy together. But yeah. it, regardless of the fact that we're talking about trolls and elves, which are probably some of the dorkiest things you can talk about... <laughs> <laughs> but it it's because the characters are interesting. Yeah. It's there it, are it, those authors that can just transcend yeah. that boundary. That yeah, was absolutely. my theory. That was my my theory ties a lot into what you were saying. I think it's uh characters, but I don't think it's just interesting characters. I think it's people who can identify with characters. If you can write a character that's like realistic even if it's in a fantasy setting that people can identify with, I mean they're going to be all over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's what what's more important, um, a real life character mm-hmm. or an epic story. Right. And I think there you need to have kind of that middle ground yeah. of a good story, a good setting uh, that's believable. But you have to have a superhuman character that if people can't relate to them, yeah. they're not they're not going to enjoy the story. Right. And those authors who do transcend those boundaries of genre. They, their characters, every single one of them, is a likable, if not likable, relatable mm-hmm. character yeah. that's very human. I and would say, I would lean more towards relatable than even likable because yeah. I know for a fact there are characters that I like and relate to, but um, it's not because of them being a hero. Yeah, a good guy. Or, yeah, a good right. person. And maybe that's a reflection of, of who I am. Maybe I'm not that great of a guy, but there are there are certain characters that I really like because I can relate more towards their thinking uh-huh. and their actions and why they do what they're doing, uh-huh. more so than them being the hero or the savior of the world. So I wanted to ask you guys each, we could get another question here, Andrew. What, what inspires you um, first when you come up with a story? Is it, is it a character that you build a, then build a story around, or is it the story that you then build your characters around? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I, I tend to be... Yeah, I, I just d- depends on what comes to me at any particular time. Yeah. Um, I think for a lot of my things, it's I come up with 
uh, I observe some I observe something that happens in in real life and then I'll, I'll note that down and I'll go back and read it later and then I realize that creates a, a interesting character that would make maybe not a great story but at least it'd be a great vignette it'd be a great way to start a short story mm-hmm. kind of an analysis of that person and why they are the way that they are um and so that'll happen to me a lot of times is I'll think about why um what makes a person interesting and so that kind of leads into the story um for the novel I'm working on right now I think it was more of the opposite it was more if I had an idea of a plot and a uh, um one of those theoretical life's big questions that you want to think about and analyze and talk about that I wanted to address and I came up with the character afterwards and that the inspiration that came from you know some of the the own questions I have about life and how I approach things in my personal relationships as well as um, what I believe in that both, both the on a day to day on a day to day level as well as a grandiose level you know yeah. ma- macro versus micro well you pull from what you know right exactly in, in anything what about um, you so, um, I you know I always find myself thinking of a character first right just I can see that you know in it you know who knows where these ideas come from you're just in daydreams or you have this one idea and then you build around this specific character uh whereas the the book i'm writing now i the liter the idea literally came to me watching a documentary about a certain topic and i just thought man what if what would the world be like if this was um worldwide if this idea what they're shooting about happened around the entire world what what kind of story would that be Mm -hmm. and that's like the first time i came up with this story this elaborate story Mm. before any characters but i don't think there's any certain way i mean and you guys know um as an audience the one you're working on now right okay that i got the story first and the characters followed Mm. Um, but the audience, you guys know that it, it doesn't matter, you know, who, it could be either or you get the story, you get the characters. Yeah. It just will start to build itself in these daydreams or these yeah. random ideas. Um, what about you, Tristan? What, what inspires you? I, I, I agree with what you literally just said. Um, I feel like, um, sometimes, well, for me, it started off with like kind of a story or a scene. And uh, then it would grow from there. And then my thing with my characters is I try to pull from people that I know to make it more realistic. So anyone who ever reads anything that I've ever written, any character is based off of someone that I know, but maybe like, uh, you know, wildly uh, dramatized. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, when it comes to dialogue, I mean, I take that, that stuff straight from everyday conversations pretty much that I have. So none of that is like... Pure imagination. Um, you don't do it. I, you know what I do is I, I try to take people that I base characters on and I put them in situations that they would never be in and just think about what they would say. So yeah. that's where the imagination yeah, comes yeah, in. That, and see how they would react to exactly. that situation. Yeah. So, so what, Andrew, what, thinking of these characters and these stories, where do you look to draw inspiration? 
because it's hard as a writer an indie author we're not getting paid to write how do you keep that inspiration going with going to the keyboard every day or um, every other day and writing your story you know that's an interesting question to add because I was thinking about that where is it that I honestly get my ideas from is it just from observation or is it also from pulling in the stories that I like the action adventure the um, movies yeah is it movies is it books Uh, is it um, you know visualizing something that you you see from listening to music and um, I've gone and forgotten your question (laughs) <laughs> what, what, what? That's okay. That's a body. <laughs> yeah, we need to cut back on the uh, pints here. Um, no, what inspires you to keep going back to the okay. keyboard? Yeah. Where do you get that? Is it movies? Is it another author? Because we all get inspired to write. Right. But yeah. it's the writer who goes back day after day that's going to see his work come to fruition, you know? Um, for, for me, in that sense, I think a lot of it is the need to complete something. I, you know, we all have projects. You, you were talking about earlier, you know, you work on something a little bit and then you either shelve it or you just forget about it. You never return to it. And that's, I, I have a, sl- a slight sense of self-imposed OCD or perfectionism that where that annoys me, that bugs me, that frustrates me. So anytime I start on something, I always feel like at some point I need to go back to finish it. See, that's so, a good problem to have. Yeah, if you're I wish right I had in, that. In a, yeah, I in a way, yes. But at the same time, it, it's, you know, I have this novel I'm working on and I haven't, I've worked on side projects, but this novel I haven't touched in weeks because I just stare at the page and I'm not sure how to develop the next point. Huh. But I, I think for me personally, and I know that's not going to be the case for everyone um it's just i have a desire to complete it it's i have these characters that i've created and i have these plots and these situations i put them into and how do i write them out of that situation how do where what's the next step how do you get it from just being a couple of mismatch plot points and scenes and um to being a cohesive story yeah, well, and I th- I think for me that's a large part of it, and you know watching movies and, and reading books helps a lot because you know you see a, a completed work yeah, and you have a respect for that, and you say oh you know what it, that it, that's inspiring me to you know sit down and do something about it because if you don't it's just going to sit there and it's essentially going to be a you know a stack of sticky notes with ideas true it's never going to be a completed project right. you have to stay inspired right what about you tristan what do i go for inspiration yeah um i think uh honestly people inspire me when it comes to characters like i said before um you meet certain people and you wonder how they would fare in a certain situation yeah but more like how do you stay inspired to write that's well that's where I was going with it. It's um sometimes if I'm stuck somewhere, my inspiration comes from having a conversation with someone who is similar to characters that I've, you know, created in my book. I will literally, like I said, a lot of my characters, if anyone ever goes into detail and looks at them, they might realize that they're based off of anyone who knows me, knows that they're based off of people that I actually know. So, 
There are times where if I'm if I'm struggling with what I think a character would do in a situation, I'll literally call, text that person, and try to talk to them. <laughs> and you know that could be really good or that could be really bad. Well, that's very true. Depending on whether or not uh, that person knows that they're in my story. Yeah. Now, on the other side of it. I, I'm never going to ask that question now that I know that. <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people who don't... They If they read their counterpart in my stories, they're going to be really mad at me. <laughs> but uh, another inspiration goes back to what Andrew's saying. I think when I'm really frustrated, I look at other mediums of entertainment that I think are really, really good. Like other books, other movies, sometimes music, things of that nature. I think that really inspires me to kind of put stuff on the paper yeah other mediums of art are a big one for me um a good film yeah is is so valuable when it comes to uh, creative endeavors uh, and whatever that may be writing music like you said but watching a good film that that can really inspire me or seeing a character up there on the screen portrayed seeing the entire being moved by the movie that really can push me to go and, um, you know, pump down a couple pages. Yeah. And a big one that surprisingly in the past has had a lot of effect on my writing and staying inspired is podcasts. Oh, okay. Uh, listening to podcasts, uh, writing podcasts, that really, you know, while you're at work all day, mm-hmm. listening to these people talk about something you love so much how they manage to get through it yeah. and push through it and get their work done. Um, that makes you get home and say, man, you know, I'm, I'm inspired. I'm, I'm ready to write. And you just start uh, pounding those, the, that keyboard and getting your words on that page. I think with peers, you know, we're all good friends and right. mm-hmm. we all write. And you got to find people, if you're writing, that like doing the same thing as you yeah. do. Yeah, 100%. Right? It is so much easier yeah. to find friends that do what you do and like talking about it. Yeah. And with Ut Nord, we edit each other's stories, we read it, right. and you you get inspired. Yeah. I, I mean, Andrew's story that he's working on now, I've read what he's got, and I am green with jealous rage. Absolutely agree Of how with good that. it is. It's and I'm just thinking... Fantastic. You know, it's that, it's that push of from your peers that keeps you going. I, I was going to say, thank you for saying that, because I was going to try to sneak this in too. Having accountability from other people who do what you do mm-hmm. is a huge mm-hmm. motivator. I don't think I've ever would have finished my novel if it wasn't for Zach. He was always asking for the next chapter. He was always asking about what's going to happen to my next characters. He was always sure. giving me great feedback. And I would never finish a short if Andrew didn't keep uh, texting me because uh, just is bad your, with deadlines and letting me know that I need I to turn to my shorts. It. Yeah, where is it? So I, I, honestly, I joke about it, but it's it's really been a big motivator for me to get things done. To have friends and peers who love doing what I do. Actually, I'll, I have to be honest. One of the things that has helped me go back and work on the story is the voicemail that you left me. <laughs> I still have it saved, and I'll play it every once in a while when I'm not sure where to go. So I read Andrew's story that he sent me, his work in progress, and he never answers his phone. So after I read it... Because I work like a normal person. A normal author who's unpublished. Yeah. So 
after I read it, I called them, left a voicemail, and it was like at least a five-minute voicemail of everything that I liked, things that he could work on. That's the one he's referring to. Yeah, so I'll, I'll replay that every once in a while. So I'm like, okay, he mentioned this, got to go to this section and work on that, yeah. touch it up a little bit. So, so that, that that helps. That keeps you inspired. Yeah, exactly, and, and that's the, the talking about it with people who do the same thing. You know, the whole point of this podcast yeah. is writers like talking about writing and what yeah. projects they're working on and how to improve and how to keep going forward. Um, one of the other things I was thinking about that, um, as far as where my ideas or my inspiration comes from is a lot of times I'll have vivid dreams that transcribe perfectly into a short story. Okay. And that's so cool. one, that's actually what I'm working on right now for you, Nord, is a story that came from, um, a dream I had that it was, it was just so weird. You, you know, you wake up and you remember every aspect of it. And so you can write down the entire See, that's thing the opposite verbatim. of my dreams. So yeah. I can't remember yeah. anything. Zach is not a literal dreamer when it comes... He does all his dreaming during the day yeah. when he's awake. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, every once in a while I'll have that. And I have a couple good ideas that, that come from that. So I, I can't really give any credit to... How much of that, that do you remember, though, in your dreams? It's like everything? So the one I'm working on right now um, is about a samurai in feudal japan okay who finds this cavern and climbs up in it uh-huh. and he's doing this while trying to escape from uh so yeah someone who's pursuing him and he finds this uh grate or a um like an air ventilation shaft that has a giant metal x frame in the middle of it okay and then he goes through it and somehow ends up in like modern day New York. Okay. I don't know if it is New York or whatever, but just it's some modern day city. Big city, yeah. And that's all from the same dream. I I, re- I remember everything about it, like the the way the trees look, the way the hills look, the river, the stream, the cave, the the frame, everything. What you do can you get attribute? inspired from? Well, anything, what do you, though? Oh, absolutely. I've had I've had pretty vivid dreams. It's usually if I've been, I've been constantly thinking about something um like heavily, or and I mean, I'd love to say I was watching Akira Kurosawa before. And like, <laughs> yeah, I, ju- like I had Samurai. just watched <laughs> Yojimbo or Seven Samurai or yeah. something, but I, I don't remember. Do that. You, you have no idea where these these no. vivid dreams come from. Nope. That's so yeah, that's crazy. I wish I had that. That would be. I'd come up with a new book, almost every yeah, night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talking talk up to Boddingtons again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, guys, we got our uh, question of the week. So the, the question of the week for episode two is, what is the most important thing a struggling writer should know or do? Andrew? Is that for us or for the audience? I know, right? For that's, us? That's for us to answer. That's for yeah. us. Okay. What, let me see. What is the most important thing a struggling should know or do? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I've been working on is my... So I, I think there's two aspects. Not editing while you're writing. Yes. Just writing, because I do edit while I write. I and do it too. It takes me twice as long. Curse. Um, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> At the same time, uh, knowing how to edit your writing, and, okay. and because that that'll make it easier in the, the editing process. Yeah. Right. There was um a book that was recommended me, recommended to me called The Elements of Style, 
that it's it's pretty opinion opinionated and dogmatic and like you should do this you shouldn't do this and there's a lot of it that it's kind of you can take from it what you want but that that book's helped me a lot in order to refine refine my prose and make sure that um you know as i'm writing it's it's the best writing i can do so I, i think that would be the so main thing is one, not not editing while you're writing. Okay, that's a good one, Tristan. That was. Do you think that's the most important thing for a struggling writer to do, now, Andrew? Yeah. Okay. Be, well, I mean, because if that's you, a good point. I think. No, that's, I that's was. I, I was just making sure. Are you Are you questioning me? No, you're questioning I, his opinion. No, I loved your opinion. I was just making sure that that's what we were doing. We have what's yours, so we can make fun of yours. That okay, was, that you can make fun of opinion. That was fact. That's fact. Okay, that was fact. it's fact. It's factual opinion. It's, I feel like the for me, this one, is opinion. This is one hundred percent opinion. I feel like you should talk about your story to people who are interested, even if they're not writers themselves. I feel like if you're struggling with something, um, story wise. Find someone who wants to listen to what you're talking about and talk about your story. Yeah. Sometimes you can just talk your way out of the problem. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, and like, again, I have you guys to bounce ideas off. And I think that's huge for being able to accomplish anything. But, um, yeah, if you're struggling, go talk about your story with someone who you trust and someone who's interested and maybe go grab a drink and I'm sure you'll find your way out of it. Yeah. Have, you, a, have your own pints and pros. There you go. Yeah, that's it. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go with... If you're struggling, you need to write every single day. Yeah. You need to have a habit of writing. Um, and I've seen that evidence myself. When you're hit and miss, your story, it will show in your story. It yeah. will certainly show in your story. So if you're struggling, I think the most important thing you can do is make sure you're writing every single day. Even if you set a word count, 500 words, 1,000 words, or you set a page count, I'm going to write one page a day. Yeah. I think that is really important. So. Yeah, agree with you. Goals. Goals for yeah. writing. Consistent yeah, daily goals for writing. Don't is, edit as you go. Yeah. Big. Um, write talk, every single day. And talk, and talk about your writing. Talk about your story. Get feedback. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys. I think that wraps up episode yeah, two. It's a good awesome. place to stop. Pints yeah. and Prouse. Um, guys. Please email us your questions. Um, tell us any topics you want us to discuss with your problems you're having with your writing, um, or give us a question of the week that you want us to end with. And always, uh, you can recommend a good old pint that we'll have while we uh, do our next episode. Uh, so email us at pintsprouse at gmail.com. Pros, sorry. Pints, pros at gmail.com it becomes Charity. prouse after too many pints too many body tins it's prouse yeah I was getting my British in. Get pints and prouse Zach is secretly British I want to even be. though he's never been I want to be British <laughs> alright guys well we'll see you uh, next podcast alright thanks guys see you later bye